I've been around a lot longer. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You, you do have a cockroach effect. Can't get rid of some. Donovan McNabb is with us today. C.J. Fair joins us. We are joined to open the show by Josh Black. Just overall competition, right? That, that's exactly what we needed for this team. One in ten is not something you really want to use as fuel. If Steve got in a fight, I'd come to his defense because he's my bro. If you were on the ropes, I would have stepped in. You didn't need my help. Hands off. Tucker feels his way in around his own man, and he scores untouched. It's a touchdown for Sean Tucker. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside uh, Pauly Sebelia. I'm Stephen Fonte. We welcome you into a Monday edition of Orange Nation. It's been a while, Pauly. I'm already on my third show today, Steve. How are you? Welcome in. Uh, I'm doing well. If you didn't catch Eric Devendorf, uh, Chris Joseph, and Orenze Anawaku, you go to QSportsTalk.com, watch that on uh, uh, on demand. Well worth it. Very honest opinions of uh, what this team, what the basketball team needs to do and where they're at. There's plenty of time to talk basketball. We'll certainly do a lot of that tomorrow as uh, Jim Beheim and the men return to action against Indiana uh, inside the Dome uh, as part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. But we're talking... Mostly football today, and we've got one guest lined up for you, and he joins us right off the top of the show. We are pleased to be joined by the athletic director at Syracuse University, John Wildhack. John, how are you today? I'm well, Stephen Pauly. How are you guys? We're doing great. We're doing great. So we appreciate you coming on. Thanksgiving. Same to you. Same to you. Hope you you and your family had a great Thanksgiving. So uh, thanks for coming on. You obviously held a press conference this morning at 10 a.m. A lot of our listeners maybe were not privy to that press conference. So I want to touch on a a few of the things that that you discussed. So let's jump right in, I guess, with first and foremost, John, the decision to bring Dino Babers back for a a seventh year. Uh, What did it come down to in your mind? How did you arrive at the decision? You know, Steve, one of the things I said a year ago is, is for 2021, we needed to see development and growth in our program. And I, and I think we saw that in specific areas. Um, our defense um, played terrific all year. We finished 22nd in the FBS in terms of total defense. Um, our run game, you know, we led, uh, we led the ACC in rushing, even though we started seven different offensive line combinations. Um, so we, you, you see the growth in those two areas. Um, the fact that we could have as many as 18 starters returning next year, so this is still a really, really young team. And I just thought, you know, that added up um, the progress that we made in those specific areas, defense, running the ball, offensive line, and that the right thing to do is, was to address our deficiencies in this offseason, which we will do. And, and it's obvious that we need to be more proficient in the passing game. Um, and if we can do that, um, to complement the run game and Sean Tucker, who's a first-team All-American running back, we can have a really dynamic offense. And, and Garrett Schrader needs time in the offseason with the receivers to, to develop that rapport. That's incredibly important, I think. Um, we need to address our special teams. Our special teams did not play well in, in, uh, this year in certain areas. So let's address our deficiencies head-on and make uh, Coach Babers. I uh, want him to make three great hires. Um, Tony White was a terrific hire. Mike Schmidt was a terrific hire. We need to make hi- hires, hires of that caliber with the vacancies that we have. 
And if we do that, um, I think we can have success in 2022. Will you be addressing a vacancy that isn't really a vacancy? Will there be a special teams coach hired that deals directly with special teams? That's that's ultimately those decisions are ultimately left up to Coach Babers. Um, but yes, it has been discussed. But again, he's got to construct his staff in, in the best way that he thinks is is beneficial to the overall team. Uh, all right, Jen. What do you say to the the part of the fan base that isn't happy? with the decision that Coach Babers is coming back? Well, I think, and, and I understand the fans, and I feel their you know, their frustration, and I hear their frustration. Um, and, I, and we're all frustrated that we didn't get that sixth win, and we're disappointed, uh, believe me. There were a lot of tears in that locker room on Saturday night after the game. Yeah, in terms of, of not bringing Coach Babers back, if – if you fire Coach Babers, the new head coach is going to bring it, is going to want to bring in their new staff, an entirely new staff. So if if you move on from Coach Babers, that means you know Tony White, you're moving on from him. I think Tony's a terrific coach. You're moving on from Mike Schmidt, um, who's done a terrific job. Um, we've got five other coaches, and we and their futures will be decided shortly. Um, so I just I I thought that the best course of action was to address our deficiencies. Um, our teams plays hard for Coach Babers. They respect him. They like him. Um, we played hard every game this year. You know the one disappointing game in terms of you know with Louisville. I'll admit that. Even last year in the COVID year, we played 11 games as scheduled, and we were outmanned because we had so many young guys in an offensive line that was depleted. But we competed, and, and if a team if a team doesn't compete, to me that sends a that sends a signal that they've lost faith in the coach. I don't sense that at all with this team. You know, John, we saw the the offensive philosophy of this team uh, change on the fly in the middle of the season. Uh, Dino picks Garrett Schrader. Uh, you know, they move from a, a fast up tempo, you know, passing offense to to a run first uh, offense. Curious how that factored into the decision. Did you look at that as a positive that Dino made the change, uh, went with Schrader, and and turned it into a running offense, or was it looked at as a negative that you know here in year six they were in you know a position where they had to make that offensive philosophy change on the fly? You know, Steve, I I didn't look at I didn't look at it as a negative. I thought it was it gave us the best chance to win, and that's what's that's what's critical. And when Dino told me that he was going to make the change. To Schrader, and he was really going to emphasize the run game. And again, when you have somebody like Sean Tucker, he's elite. I mean, you know, we'd be crazy not to give him the football. Um, and he's dynamic. And I, I told him, I said, you do what's necessary that gives us the best chance to win games. And if that's running the ball and not going as much up tempo, that's okay. If that's the best chance to win, that's the route you have to go. Are you concerned at all that it sends mixed messages to recruits? Maybe that they thought they were coming into a you know a, a, an up tempo passing offense, and as you said, Sean Tucker special. There's no doubt about it. Uh, now that that you know you're in recruiting season though, and you've got the early signing period coming up, and then obviously the the February signing period as well. Are you concerned at all that it sends some mixed messages to the recruits? 
No, I, I, I don't, Steve. And it's a, it's a fair question, a good question to ask. I don't think it does. If I'm a wide receiver, potential recruit, and I look at, hey, you know what? They have an elite back. Guess what? That's going to create more opportunities for me for one-on-one coverage. It's going to give me a chance to make more big plays. And we need to make more big plays in our passing game. One question I know a lot of fans had uh, in regards to Dino and his future is you know what kind of buyout there is, and I I don't expect you to get into specifics, but uh, you mentioned today at the press conference, you know we had assumed it all along that Dino is under contract past twenty twenty two. So for those fans that are wondering how a buyout maybe factored into the the decision, if the buyout factored into the decision, could you address that, please? I, I will. It, it had no factor whatsoever. Um, the reality is in twenty twenty one, in college football, by buyouts, that's that's part of. That's part of uh, of any head coach contracts, but it had absolutely no impact or effect whatsoever. John, did the transfer portal have any effect uh, on your decision? Does the thought of maybe losing a player who's a Heisman Trophy candidate weigh into whether Dino stayed or not? No, it it didn't, and and I know Sean, you know, publicly stated uh, last week his support for Coach Baber, and and listen. I, you know, I respect the heck out of Sean, and I saw Sean as I was walking over the press conference today, and he was behind me, and I stopped and said, hey, Sean, and I went up to him, and I said, I just want to congratulate you on not only a hell of a season, but just what a great teammate in the way you conduct yourself. And um, I think the world of Sean Tucker, but, you know, the, the, any decision on a change of head coach, we, if we're going to make a change, is it's my decision with the support of the appropriate university leadership and the board. John Wildhack joining us here for another couple of minutes on Orange Nation. And, and John, so we do this show for two hours every day, so we have plenty of time to talk and rehash things and go over things. One of the things we discussed uh, right around the time of the bye week was, you know, we felt like they were five and four, and Paulie and I both felt like, oh, well, you know, Dino's definitely coming back. You know, to your point, you said you wanted to see improvement, progress, and going off that, we felt like, okay, five and four, you know, regardless of what happens the rest of the way, we think he's coming back next year. Did you think about making any sort of announcement at that time, or had the decision been made at that time about whether or not Dino was coming back? Um, Steve, I, di- I didn't. I didn't think of making a decision at that time, and you know the de- the, de- the decision was made over a period of time. And I, you know, I evaluated all aspects of the programming from spring training, um, you know, through fall camp, through the entire season. So I, I, I don't want to make a knee jerk decision. I don't want to make a decision in an emotional moment, whether it's you know an emotional high or emotional low. Because if if you make really important decisions when you're emotional, more often than not, you're going to get it wrong. So it's something that you know is the full evaluation of of this season. John, you guys just announced that there's going to be a facilities upgrade, and you can insert any coach's name into the head coaching position. I'd like to get your take on where you think Syracuse stands as of now in recruiting and the ability to win here with the facilities that you currently have, and what's coming with the upgrade. Well, I think there's two things. I, I you know, number one, um, the. Uh, you know the Ensley Indoor Practice Facility is, is terrific. is is as good as any in the country. Um, our two out our two outdoor fields. We totally redid those a few years ago. One one natural grass, one new field turf. Those are great. You know the dome is is the most unique, and it's an iconic 
building in all college athletics. It's it's you know it's up there with any. Um, so I think we have those elements. We need a new football operations center to be quite candid, and what we have is now is is antiquated and it doesn't meet the needs of our team. It's not about the staff. It's about and the whole facilities upgrade, the Lally Athletics Complex, is all about providing a great experience for our student athletes in terms of what are we doing in terms of strength and conditioning facility, what are we doing in terms of training, sports medicine, uh, meeting space, um, one-team lounge, players' lounge for football, totally redo the cafeteria. It's all focused on, on the experience that we provide our young men and our young women. We need a new football operations center because what we have now is antiquated it is not efficient for our players and it's not efficient for our staff john you mentioned that you had a few conversations or more than a few several conversations with dino babers over the last several weeks uh looking at this season looking ahead to next season with that in mind did, did you sit him down and say all right dino you know we're bringing you back but this is what we need to see next year this this and this uh, just i guess your, your thoughts on expectations for the coaching staff expectations that fans can get behind going into 2022 you know, Steve, we need in this. You know, the schedule is always going to be tough because it's an ACC schedule, and that's you know, it is what it is. I didn't put a, I didn't put an absolute number of games on the table, but listen, we need to win more games. We all know that. We're all adults. We need to play that thirteenth game. We need to get to a bowl game. There's no question. You know, seven out of the fourteen ACC teams this year finished either six and six or five and seven. We got to break out of that pack. All right, uh, John, anything else that you want to get across uh, before we let you go? I know you're a busy no, man. I mean, and, yeah, go ahead. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm really, you know, I'm thankful to our fans and our and, and the support that we've that we've received from our fans throughout the community, throughout the region. You know, they're they're critically important. You know, I, I thank our donors. I thank our alums. We really worked hard to reconnect with our football alumni. We're going to need their support, our football alumni. We're going to need their support. One of the things that I want to do is I want to increase you know, our spending on the recruiting staff and personnel and recruiting, and we're going to need our football alumni to help out on that. And I've had some, I think, some uh, positive conversations, but you know, now is now's the time to go. You know, we're in the go mode, and the 2022 season started you know, yesterday, and we've got to move and, and, and move bold, boldly and quickly. Yeah, and you uh, you mentioned at the press conference today that uh, several assistants already on the road recruiting. Dino's tying up some loose ends here in Syracuse, and then he hits the the road at the end of the week. Paul, you got one last question? Yeah, John, I have, do want have one more question for you. Is are you hiring an offensive coordinator? Do you think Dino will be taking over the play calling? Is that a possibility? That's Paul. That's again. That's all up to him. Is I'll never tell any of our coaches, hey, you've got to hire this person, this position, you need to do this or do that. They, you know, that's their decisions to uh, to make. And, and obviously, you know, Coach Old Babers will sit with me and say, hey, these are the two or three candidates that I really want to drill down on in terms of, you know, whether it's an offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, or whatever. And uh, But ultimately, it's, it's the coach's decision, and that's the way it is for any of our sports here. All right, and and in regards to the personnel adjustments made yesterday, uh, those were Dino's decisions. Yes, those were Dino's decisions. Uh, and he called me, and, and I told him I support those decisions. And you know, I wish those three coaches, uh, you know, Coach Gilbert, Coach Faree, Coach Reynolds, 
and their families all the best. I appreciate what they did here. It's the tough side of the business. It's the really brutal side of the business because you're impacting lives and you're impacting families. But we've got to make tough decisions to improve in 2022, and that's what we did. All right, John. Uh, listen, thanks so much for coming on and giving us a few minutes of, of your time. We we do appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk again soon. We'll probably see you in the Dome tomorrow night for SU Indiana. Yes, you will, guys. I appreciate it. We'll see everybody tomorrow night. All right, there he is, uh, the athletic director, John Wildhack. And with that, we will open up phones the rest of the way. No more guests. We want to hear from you. 315-437-7644. Paulie and I just getting started on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. Stephen Pauly back with you here on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Steve. Yeah. The university told John or uh, Dino Babers, I only want to be with you today. <laughs> Yes, that is true. Yeah, there that, you go. That was your comment. That was my joke of the day. Okay. By uh, the way, before we get our, our caller on, yeah, um, there is a, like, Jordan lost the guy's name. Oh, and, yeah. And I got called rude and condescending because a caller called up claiming to have sources in his family in the athletic department that Dino Babers would be fired if he did not make a bowl game this year, and I said nonsense. And he did not. And we bet lunch on it. And Jordan lost the guy's name, and I don't remember it, so I'll accept my lunch at uh, <laughs> any moment. You want your free food. Yeah. I think uh, Texas Day Brazil would be very nice lunch for Polly and his correctness. It only took me about two months to, to pay up uh, the bet that I lost to you, so he's got some time. Yeah. Doesn't have to be today. Come out of the woodwork, Mr. Wrong. <laughs> Let's go to the phone uh, lines. 315-437-7644. Uh, Stephen North Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Steve. Yeah, I'm uh, talking about evaluating the, the season. I think the key question is, uh, is, is there a difference in meaning between goals and expectations? I mean, you can have unreasonable goals uh, to go from 110 to win the national championship, but a real goal has to be realistic. It has to be at least a Siamese twin with expectations. I think in a world where 80-some teams go to bowl games in a 130-team division, it should be our goal every year to go to a bowl game, and every year we don't would therefore be a disappointment. This year we came up one game short, but we had that run of three straight losses by a field goal, uh, any one of which could have been won. Uh, so uh, I would say that our, our expectations and, and goals are probably about the same, and we came up uh, just a little bit short of, of both. Uh, I, I don't think that this team was much better than the six and six bowl team, but I do think that uh, uh, we uh, we really should have been able to do that. So you would vote for uh, for underachieved then? You felt like this was an underachieving season. Uh, 
Just slightly. Not not anything like the previous year. It's a, certainly an improvement over the previous year, but this is not where we need to be, so we've got to get better. All right. Uh, appreciate you checking in, Steve. So I, I pose the question to you, uh, Paulie, about the underachieving, and you, you alluded to your answer before the break. Um, but Vegas had uh, three and a half, three? By where I predicted them, they achieved. They didn't overachieve, and they didn't underachieve. We both picked them at five wins this year. They achieved. Yeah, uh, they I, didn't either. It's about what we expected. Yeah, right. And I and I know some people pick six and six. You you know our our friend Dan from Wildcat Sports Pub picked seven. Um, but I think by and large, if you th- if you thought before the season that this team was winning six games and going to a bowl game, I think you were in the minority. Um, realistically speaking, then you know again four, five, six wins. You're kind of splitting hairs. Steve said. You know, Stephen North Syracuse just said six wins was realistic to him. You know, we thought about four or five. That's about what they did. I think they, you know, for for this team to get to six wins in a bowl game, I think we would all looked at that and been like, you know, wow, to you know, to get to a bowl game with this team, that was impressive. Um, now they had three cracks at it to get to six wins. They lost a few close games. And looking back, I think we could say, you know, wow, you know, this, this could have been seven and five, like you know. This team, they left some meat on the bone. Absolutely true. They left some meat on the bone. But if you're if you're telling me you expected a bowl game out of this team, again, I think you're in the minority. Let me uh, put something else out there, Steve, about like achieving and over, underachieving. I, I've thought about this. To a player, you, uh, you underachieve no matter what, right? Unless they, you know... Players have unrealistic expectations they put on themselves, right? Yeah. So this probably was an underachieving year for a player. And that's why this topic came up, because the players said that in the yeah. post-game press conference. It was Garrett Schrader, Courtney Jackson, Two Michael of- Jones with the three that were up there. I forget which one of them said it. One of them said we underachieved. And that's why this topic came up. Yeah. Uh, it, for a player, it is. And uh, I, I've, uh, I've, I've got to address something, Steve. I've been called a homer, and I've been said it's been said on Q Sports Talk that I'm blinded uh, by Coach Babers. I think I've been pretty critical from day one. You know, I am a realistic though. Like I, I didn't think is I thought that there were points in the season where the coaching was terrible. There was bad play calls. There was. The, the end of the half at Virginia Tech was terrible. Not getting the two-point conversion against on the field against Wake. Awful. You know, that can't happen. I've been critical. But I'm also realistic of where Syracuse is as a football program right now. It's not being a homer to say that I think Dino Babers should get one more year because he's the best answer this year to try and fix the program. You know, next year we'll, we'll discuss you know, what is is six wins enough next year well, for the and, fan base? And, and this is what I would say, too. We were talking about whether or not they underachieved. Um, now, if you want to say if your expectations are four or five wins and you're in year six of this coaching staff, is that good enough? Like, that, I'm open to talk about that, right? I mean, I think that that is an issue. If you're in year six and the expectations are only four or five wins, like that is that is yeah, a problem. Right. But I'm saying with this particular team, in my opinion, they did about what we thought they were going to do. If we're being honest, they did about what we thought they were going to do. So, uh, if that's being a homer, I, I just 
that's we call it like we see it. And I don't think this team if this team got to six wins in a bowl game, I think that would have been I would have been surprised by that. That would have been great coaching. Right. You know? Yeah. You wouldn't be looking to fire that would have been great. And I know coaching. fans are disappointed. Like I get it. I get fans are disappointed. They should be disappointed. Like five and seven shouldn't be good enough for anybody. Um is the right thing to do blow it up and start over. John Wildhack addressed that today at the press conference. He said that might be the popular decision, blow it up and start over. But is that the right thing to do for the program? Would the fan base accept a blow-up and it going horribly wrong again? Because who are you getting as the head coach at Syracuse? Again, throw out Doug, Throw out the name Doug Marone. Okay. That... I would take Doug Marone. Okay. But Syracuse isn't getting... You, you, any big name, you know, football coach, right? They're going to get an up and comer, and if he wins here, he ain't going to be here long, right? And that's that was what we discussed with Dino, right? When Dino, yeah, you know, beat Virginia wins. Tech, beat Clemson, and ten win season, and then it was like you better hang on to this guy because he's going to use it as a stepping stone to go somewhere else. To to your point, you know, I know some people were talking about well, Dan Mullen, you know, he's out at Florida. They're not getting Dan Mullen. Okay, they don't want nobody. Ed Orgeron, like I, I would say he's unhirable right now. Yeah, and, um, and he would have been an option two coaches ago. Yeah, right. That, and, and then he would have probably not been here. Right. If he won. Um. So it, there's always a risk. We talk about when you transfer, there's a risk. You know, when players transfer, there's a risk in that. When you change coaches, there's a risk in that. And we saw it. Like the SU fan base should know that more than anyone coming out of Coach P and going to Greg Robinson. There was a risk. When you make that change, um, if it, if you get it horribly wrong, you set the program back years. Um, you know, John Wildhack pointed to the eighteen potential starters coming back. Now, will they all come back? Probably not. But you have the potential there for a, a young nucleus. You know, if Sean Tucker comes back and Garrett Williams and Deuce Chestnut, and I mean, there are yeah. Go ahead. No, say? no, people are mad that I'm saying who's going to come here. The, if you're an established winning coach, do you want to rebuild Syracuse University? Like, this isn't a guaranteed job for a guy who's proven himself, you know. Mac Brown went back to UNC because that's where he start. You know, he's been there before. One name that excuse me, sorry, right there. Yeah, my Greg Brady. Let me take a sip of water here. One name that did come up um, the last few days, which I, I thought was interesting, was the name Mike Hart, who. Again, obviously, grew up here, and but yeah, that's a that's an up and coming. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right, you're you're not going to get somebody who, to your point, is established. Why would they come? Yeah, here and a try winning to SEC coach or somebody that's been in the SEC. This is winning at Syracuse right now is an uphill climb. Yes, and uh, if you do it, you're going to go somewhere else. We're up against the clock. I desperately need more water. Uh, we're going to take a timeout. If you're on hold, stay on hold. Full lines remain open. 315-437-7644. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. That's a thing. I'm in here. Sorry, I'm mumbling under my breath. like are. a you're- senile old man mad at Pat. Because uh, Pat is on Q Sports Talk right now saying that you work with a clown, Steve. And I'm not the one that banned Pat. He's allowed in our show to badmouth me all he wants. For now. Yeah, when Brent Axe just shuts him up. Seems like 
seems beautiful. Seems like a thing that I would love to do. But I take it. We're almost out of time. We got a lot to get to in this segment. I'm a pro First Amendment guy. Let's bring on. Do you want to know what? what? Yeah, go ahead. It's you know instead of paying attention to Pat, I want to get a Hall of Fame caller on to to handle this. I'm not getting involved. Let's go to Wayne in the truck. Wayne, you got to be quick. We're running out of time. Hall of Famer Wayne, you've got the last word on the show today. Hey, I I think Pat's a little bit crazy. I don't know what he was drinking this morning, but. You got Wake Forest, you got Rutgers, you got Clemson, you got Florida State. Dino Baber's actions or lack of actions or his indecisiveness played a part in costing all four of those games. We shouldn't have a coach uh, back that cost us four games. And I'll go a step further. I'll give him another chance next year because, well, I have no choice because <laughs> John Wildback made that choice. But if we have another disappointing season like this one, then I think um, John Wildhack needs to follow him out the door. All right, Wayne. We told you to keep it quick. You kept it quick. Um, I'll say this about about the four losses. Correct me if I'm wrong here. The the Rutgers one, I know you could be upset about the, the personal foul penalty at the end, and Rutgers scored a touchdown because of that. Uh, Wake Forest, there was the two-point conversion that didn't get in on time. Did Dino Babers cost him the Florida State game? Did Dino? I mean, Dino Babers didn't miss the field goal at the end of the Clemson game. Um that would have sent it into overtime. I, I I have a hard time pinning four losses on him. I understand if you want Ultimately, to Ultimately, he's responsible. Uh, I know. But they're saying that it, Wayne in particular said he cost Syracuse can't games. guard the three-point shot this year, so it's not Coach Beheim's fault. Come on. You think Dino cost them four no, games? No, no, I don't. Okay. But I'm just saying that ultimately... Okay. Ultimately, it's the uh, it falls on the coaches. I, I know. I understand that. Like at the end of the day, the win loss record. I'm just saying that if you if you pick apart those four individual games, two of them I think you can point to and say it was directly related to decisions that Dino or actions of Dino. I'm not sure I, I can pin the Florida State loss on him. That was yeah a bad non call at the end and clemson was a syracuse missed three kicks in three games they lost right by clemson three. in the clemson game andre schmidt missed a field goal that would have tied and sent it in overtime um in any event okay final uh, thought cuz i know no, you wanted to get no to the exit 30, thing. no exit 31 today um so we'll go a little bit long jordan has to throw himself out and oh should i do the but story but first he's, yes tell the story first got to get no, in first no i just wanted to <laughs> Like, you were shocked. I cooked dinner for Thanksgiving because I made poor Jordan work, and I came in, did the watch party with him, and I made Thanksgiving dinner for him. Turkey, squash, candied yams. But you did, uh, take, you did take those. Yeah, I did take the candy yams were good. I shocked myself. They were how good really they- good. I'm still kind of hurt. He gave me, like, eight Tupperware containers of food, and I'm still a little hurt. Those candy yams were I mean, really So good. you prepared the meal before you came. Yeah, mash, work. garlic mash. Wow. Uh, Look at you. Baked potatoes. Who knew you could cook so well? I didn't. But I, I slaved over uh, a hot stove all day for my little guy. The most adorable part is he comes in with the little canned cranberry sauce cylinder in a container. And he gets his food first. And I'm like, do you want any? He goes, I'm not much of a cranberry guy. I didn't know if you liked it or not. Yeah. I wasn't making cranberry sauce. I bought the canned stuff. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I know. See, for all those people who think that Polly doesn't care about Jordan. We've we've laid that to rest. Okay, I need to get out of here. I'm I'm gonna be sick with all this kindness. But uh, that means that it's time for bugs be gone. Yes. If I'm getting out of it here. It also need- it also poops on the theory that I am not a good person overall because I am a good person.
just like the good people at Bugs Be Gone. If you need help removing pesky pests from your home or workplace, especially after that Thanksgiving dinner, you can visit bugsbegone.biz. They'll take care of that for you. That's Bugs Be Gone with two E's, just like the bug, and just like I do to Steve and Pauly every day on Orange Nation. But I'll go a little easier today because I'm still eating those leftovers. And he stole my Tupperware. Kind of want to know. Bring them back. I'm going to bring the Tupperware. Do you have a dishwasher? Back. Yeah, you're looking at him. Oh uh, yeah, then don't bring them back. Because I don't trust your cleaning abilities. So and then and I'll wash have to dishes wa- are better than the dishwasher. That's my final the, thought. Have to wash them in the dishwasher. I kind of want to know why I wasn't invited, dude. It was Thanksgiving <laughs> in work. I'm not making you work. You're a talent. Fair enough. I would have at least appreciated the invite to know about this before Monday. You guys got together for a big holiday meal. You broke bread together on a holiday. And, yeah, you weren't coming, dude. I didn't need <laughs> to true. invite you. That's true. All right. Explain I, that one to your wife. Yeah, <laughs> I got to go meet Paulie and Jordan for dessert. Paulie made candy yams. I want to check it out. All right. No eggs at 31 today. Paulie and I back at it noon tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of the day, everybody.